1: All
0: about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. Let me just leave it up here. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Absolutely not. Spread
2: the floor. Let's go. Welcome to Buckets. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joined by my colleagues, professional better Raheem Palmer and NBA futures analyst Brandon Anderson. This. Is your Thursday workshop? We're gonna break down the games in the NBA playoffs for Thursday. Get you everything that you need to know to bet them: sides, props, totals, the works, baby. Uh, but everything that we talk about is also found in the award-winning Action Network app, which you can download on your mobile device right now. It's the best way for you to track your picks, get up to the second information, where the bets and money are coming in, follow signals like where sharp moves are happening. Uh, you can track your futures. You can follow your friends. All sorts of great stuff. Just do it in the Action Network app. Just do it. Do it now. Do it. Do it right now. Uh, On today's show, we will break down the three games in the NBA, including let's go ahead and get started, fellas. You know, let's start with the um, the funniest game on the board. Uh, The Philadelphia 76ers are a point and a half favorite at the Toronto Raptors. They're still favored. They're still favored. The books are like, no, no, they should still win. Right. Uh, The total is 209 and a half. It has not moved. This line has not moved yet. We're not tracking a huge number of bets yet in the Action Network app. Uh, on this game, we'll see how that develops. Right now, fifty-one percent of the of the tickets are on the Raptors, and fifty-two percent of the money are on the Raptors. So the sharps have not weighed in on this one yet. Fifty-one uh, percent of the of the uh, tickets are on the Sixers money line. Fifty-two percent of the money is on the Raptors money line. The under is getting fifty-two percent of the tickets, but just thirty-nine percent of the money, which I think is kind of interesting. No, I'm sorry, that's the, for the wrong numbers. Uh, six, the over is getting 61% of the tickets the under is getting 79% of the money so we already have a big differential there it looks like the over under is a spot that bettors are looking to hit with the big bucks Raheem, Palmer are they really going to do this? are we really doing this? really think they're going to do this and I'm going to be honest with you
0: this reminds me of there was a Golden State Warriors series with where David Lee got hurt. And I think Draymond Green came in and it was almost like they kind of lucked into like a winning strategy. And you're seeing the same thing with Fred Van Vliet right now because Fred Van Vliet was horrible. I mean, this guy was shooting 35% from the field, giving up 128 offensive rating with him on the court. And now with him hurt, you just got a bunch of 6'6", 6'7", 6'8", 6'9", 6'10", wings everywhere. And... Look, we know the Raptors struggle to score in half court, but in that last game, we saw them make an adjustment, and they're going directly at Joel Embiid. I think that's a problem. James Harden right now is just shooting 37% from the field. They didn't bring him over to be a facilitator for Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey. They brought him over to be a scorer, and right now, he's not a scorer. And with Joel Embiid's finger injury, He's not shooting the ball as well. I mean, look, he's averaging 21 points over the last two games, which is pedestrian for him. We all know he can't beat a double team, and he's not making the threes. He's 0 for 5 from 3 in the last two games. So I think the Raptors are going to do it. And personally, I think you should go out there and
2: take the, the Raptors to win this series. It's down to plus 480. Everyone's hitting it. It's so fun. Everyone's hitting them, this number to come back from 3-0. Like, it was 600. After the game, I, I bet it at 500. It's now 480 at FanDuel, <laughs> like
1: 550 at DraftKings. So you can still get a little bit out there.
2: <laughs> so there's still a little bit of, of value on there, but, but FanDuel, man, FanDuel betters have hit it. Um, <laughs> So I nibbled on the on the price at, at plus 500 because, you know, why not? I, I will say, you know, look, I had I had Sixers to start this the series. I feel confident that uh it was the right pick. I still feel like it was the right pick, especially with the injury situation. I'm actually I'm gonna double down. Uh I don't do this very often. I tend to be like, well, I was wrong. Uh I'm gonna double down here. I'm taking the Sixers minus one and a half. Uh that's gonna be my best my best bet for this game. Uh Mm -hmm. the shot quality in game five was horrendous. It was absolutely horrendous for the for the Sixers. They just they missed everything. They just missed everything. Now I don't think they play well either, right? And Mm -hmm. I I have concerns about them being shook. I wrote in one of my series update bets, or guides, when they went up 2-0, I was like, this makes me really nervous. I really, this has gone way too well for the Sixers. Then they won game three, and I was like, okay, nothing to worry about. Yeah. I don't know, there's something to worry about. But Brandon, I just, I look at the matchup and I go, look, I still don't trust this Raptors offense. If you look at it, the Raptors didn't actually play all that well the Sixers just played terribly. Now the, the Raptors defense definitely bothered them. And there's like a whole, there's momentum and choking and pressure. And that's like definitely part of the game. And I don't think that that's something that you should ignore when you're betting. I think it's fair to bet those angles, but I do wind up be in like, I, for this particular spot, I think I want to be on the other side. So I'm going to bet the Sixers on the money line and minus one and a half.
1: Yeah, my, uh, my instinct tells me that when everyone turns and everyone, boy, has turned and yeah. gone to the Raptors' side, that that's usually a good signal that you've got to swing back to the other side. But, mm-hmm. boy, do I not want to be on the other side of this one because it's ugly for the Sixers right now. And it's it's you're right, the shot variance was bad last game. They hit 27% of their threes, 44% effective field goal. But it's not just like we're missing open jumpers. They're under 50% on two-pointers each the last two games. Like, that's Joel Embiid. That's what he's supposed to do, and he's still doing it, but not efficiently anymore. They're losing the rebounding battle to Toronto. That was the thing we talked about before the series, and you guys were like, no, 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 no. Philadelphia's bigger. This is the playoffs. It's not going to happen. And now it's flipped a little bit. Philadelphia dominated the glass early. I think that Embiid injury on the glass, that's an area where that's starting to, to flip things a little bit just because he can't be... Quite as aggressive, his rebounding numbers have been down. Only eight and eleven the last two games. So, I'm puzzled by this game and by this series. The things that I'm not confident of, I'm not confident of the Raptors' offense. How could you be confident of the Raptors' offense? Nobody is confident of the Raptors' offense. We never know if they're going to show up or what they're going to do. But I'm getting confident in Toronto's defense, and I'm getting confident in Philadelphia's lack of offense. So, my play on this game is I'm going to take the Sixers team under. It's at 104.5. Philadelphia has not scored more than 28 points in a quarter for 14 straight quarters right now. 14 straight quarters at 28 or below. You score 28 all four quarters, that's 112 points. So, you go under that even one quarter or a couple or go way under once and you got a good shot. 105.5 is a team under. For the series, they scored 131 once, but they also have 104. That was an overtime. They had 102. They had an 88. So, I think I'm just going to take the Sixers team under and figure if Philadelphia does get the win here, that it's not necessarily because the offense caught fire, but it's maybe because the Raptors' offense didn't show, which we know yeah. can happen.
2: I'm on that angle. That's yeah, it's good. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and. Just do this because this, this, the rebounding thing continues to bother me. Um, second chance points in Game 5. The <laughs> Philadelphia 76ers had 11. The Toronto Raptors had 4. So that was not why they won that game. Like, it's not. I think they really won that game because the expected shot quality was terrible for the Sixers. They're creating bad shots and missing them. Um, yeah, look, I think... One of the things I think that is that is key here is if I'm betting if I'm I'm betting the 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 Sixers here I think mostly because of the spot where I'm like let me get this straight this team is was up three one they had a bad game five um there's more time to work on the on to, there's not a lot they can do for Embiid's thumb but they can do whatever they can on it um bad shot quality and performance versus shot quality both in game five all of these things combined. Uh, but this is still like a way better team and I'm getting them only a point and a half Like to me. I'll say this, like, I don't know if, if you're betting the Raptors, just, just bet the series. Yeah, I agree with that. Just bet the series, because if your cap on this is your, your cap on this basically needs to be that the Sixers are a better team. That's falling apart. That's imploding into itself like a collapsing star. And if that's your play, go the whole way. Like the five to one, five and a half to one, six, if you can find it, is worth it. Like that, that would be my suggestion is like, don't play this game. Don't take the measly plus one and a half. Don't take the measly money line on this game, right? Go the whole way on it. Yeah,
0: I think that's my approach for every, every time there's a game six at home, that's my approach. I never want to just take them to win game six because to me, and anything can happen in a game seven. So I just, I want the big payout.
2: Um, I did take Raptors and go ahead, Brandon. Yeah.
1: Since I'm the big payout guy, I'm going to push back a little bit on this series. I accept the logic because on this series with the thrill and losing and like all the mojo and doc Harden and bead on this series. I agree. If you want to play Toronto here, you got to go all in on it. But normally I I really, I just don't ascribe to the, anything can happen. Game seven, anything can happen. But what usually happens more predictably than almost anything in the NBA is that the home team wins in game seven. That's one of the most predictable things we know about the NBA. What's
2: the number on it? What's the percentage on it, Raheem? About 71%. Okay, so we actually know that up 3-1 at home in game five at 82% is higher, Brandon. So it's not the most predictive event in the NBA. Actually, game five at home is the most predictive event in the NBA. And the Sixers lost that one. Here's, here's the thing for me. A lot of times when a team wins
0: a game six to take it to a game seven, I think it's normally because they figured something out within the series. Yeah. And that's, that's why, that's why I like, look, there's, th- there's two examples in which I've taken them in the past. One is last year, the Bucks and the Nets. The other one is, I think it was 2015 Clippers and Spurs. Mm. First round series. Yeah. I took the Clippers in game six. I took the Clippers to win the series before game six. They won game six on a row and then came back and won in seven. So that's my approach to it.
2: So here's here's where I'm at. Um, I have Sixers minus one and a half and I have Raptors and seven. Those are the two tickets that I have that mm-hmm. early in the series when I was like, this is too easy. And then I bet again after game um, after they won that three, the three, one game. So I'm sitting okay on this. What's annoying is that, I, that, I have a bigger position on sixers minus one and a half on the wind spread. And I can't hedge this game because the number is too low. Like I can, but I don't want to. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to take that much of a dip out of my hedge. So I'm just going to go ahead and let it ride. And what's going to like, like what's going to wind up happening is like sixers in seven. And that's just going to like, I'm still going to, I will make them a little bit. Cause I have sixers on the series price, but it's just really annoying that we're here. Like it's just really, but, but I will say this. I'm willing to pay for it because of the hilarity of what's ensuing with the Philadelphia 76 ers Like if I make, if I lose a little money and we get something really hilarious, I'm fine with that. Uh, Brandon, do I have any prop angles on this? Because Gary Trent Jr. Was kind of a a big play with, with um, FBV out. I saw people betting that I didn't. And so I don't know how it cashed, Um, but I'm wondering like what the angle is from a prop angle on this game.
1: Yeah. So two, one for each team. So I've been trying to figure out, okay, you know, we we all talked about this. What's the angle on Joel Embiid with the injury? How, how do we play? How can we fade Joel Embiid with the thumb? So two things. First, keep playing the turnovers. Over three and a half turnovers, that line probably should have moved up by now, but he's had four, six, five, and four turnovers the last four games. So he had none the first game, but he's cashed that each the last four. And we know that Toronto, is they're going to double them. They're going to put him in trouble. So that would be an interesting play anyway. So the thumb just adds into it. But here's the other one I wasn't really expecting. I was like, okay, what else can that affect? You know, I wonder if he wouldn't be as aggressive blocking shots. Without looking, how many steals and blocks do you think Joel Embiid has had in the five combined games so far this series? What do you, what do you think? Okay. 11. Two is the answer you're looking you're for. You're shitting me. No. Two. He has no steals and he has a block one in two of the games and that's it. So, you can play Embiid under 1.5 blocks. Remember, he has two in the series. He's under that in all eight Raptors games this season. Now, the juice on that is steep, but, uh, you know, sometimes you have to pay for a good winner. Minus 220 at the book that I'm looking at, which is about 69%, I think. But we're under an 8 of 8 on the season. If you want to switch that to stocks, steals and blocks, you can play the 1.5. Now we're at plus juice. He went over that in the three season games. He had two, he had one steal, and one block in each game, but he's under in all five playoff games. He wow. again has two stocks, the entire series. Wow. <laughs> and, and I think that to me, that holds up, doesn't it? Because we're seeing, he's just, he's exhausted on that end and they're going at him and attacking him on that end. So I just don't know that he has a lot left to give defensively. So I like that one on Embiid. The Raptors angle that I like. I played last game, Pascal Siakam. We talked about Siakam when Joe was on here. We talked about Siakam or Scotty Barnes, who would maybe benefit without Fred Van Vliet. So I ran the numbers on Siakam without Van Vliet. 15 games this year. Basically is at about 25 points, eight rebounds, six and a half assists. Unfortunately, that's basically the lines we're getting at the books, with one exception. We're getting five and a half assists, and he's at six and a half. And remember, Siakam's playing like 41 minutes right now, which, granted, is not that much higher than he was in the season. But I like the over five and a half assists. Last game without Van Vliet, Siakam had 15 potential assists. So we only got to hit six of those, 15. Normally you hit about half of those. You never know what the shot variance. But I'll look at a few of the alt-overs there. Triple-double is 16-1 yep. to one again. He had 23-10-7 yeah. and seven last game. I'm not going to go too hard. He's only had one triple double in those 15 games. without Van. If he's going to have
2: a triple double, it's going to be in this game now. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it, it
1: assists is the holdup. So that's he, the, the rebounds have been there. He had 10 last game, only seven assists, but it's going to be close. He had a one triple double without Van Vliet, but he had four other games where he was within three with rebounder assists. So I think it's going to be in play for him. I think that's a good number too.
2: Okay. Good angles. Good angles. Um, I beat Brandon on a prop last night for once, And it was like, I play with some of my high school friends on call of duty every night as a way for us to keep track of each other's lives and just hang out. Um, And I really value it. But one of my friends is extremely good at call of duty. He's just like, really like he is, he is annoyingly good at call of duty and he takes all of the E limbs. And like, whenever I get one over on him, I like, I run around the house. Like I've just like, (laughs) Like I'm, actual victory lap. like I'm Jordan <laughs> after the shot. Like it's just a huge victory lap. And that's how I felt last night when I had a, when when Jimmy Butler was ruled out, I played Victor Oladipo overs and Brandon had Max Struess, And it was like I for, like one time, one time I got Brandon, which is a, a good example of how good Brandon is at props that I'm like, uh, yeah, you got you
1: got me on that one. Good. It was uh, it was a Max stress last night for me. The very first play of the game, off of the tip, they run Max Struess off a screen for a three-pointer, and I'm in on his threes, I'm like, let's go, baby! He shot, I think, 29 threes in the two games that he played without Butler, and then he just stood in the corner the rest of the game, because <laughs> and your boy Victor oh, Oladipo was like, let's get that money, let's <laughs> get that money, baby! <laughs> All
2: right, now on the Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fancy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick their over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that's the only app where I can join my buddies' contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's pics with a tap of a button. It's insanely fun to write it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Make sure to use promo code BUCKETS and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper and use promo code BUCKETS when you deposit. Term and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Okay, back to the show. Here we go. Second game, uh, let's go to Dallas, Utah. Uh, I got to write the guide on this one today. I'm recording this on Wednesday. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks are two-point favorites in Utah. Oh, how the turntables have turned. Uh, 209 <laughs> is the total down from 211. It's open 211, and it's down to 209. Uh, wow, is this right? I've got this, I've got this consensus open on the Action Network app at, at Jazz minus three, and it moved to Dallas minus two. Is this based off of the Donovan Mitchell news? Is that what I'm reading? Yeah, that's what we're. we're I
1: have a Dallas oh, yeah. plus one ten money line that I loaded up on the second that that thing. Opened. Yeah, we. All, I bet I hammered wow. Dallas
2: yesterday when I had the had the plus money on it. Yeah. Um, so, the Mavs are now two point favorites. Totals down from two eleven to two o nine. Brandon, did the under hit in game in uh, game five. I forget.
0: Yes.
1: Yes, it did yeah, because the, 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 the Jazz, jazz made sure of that.
2: Yep,
0: the Jazz were three of thirty from three. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> yes. right.
1: Um, the worst, the worst three-point shooting performance in twenty-five years of playoff history at that volume.
2: Eighty-seven uh, percent of the tickets are on the Mavericks. Sixty-seven percent of the money. So look <laughs> once more into the breach, dear 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 sharp betters. Eighty um, percent of the money line tickets are on the Mavs. Seventy-one percent of the Moneyline money line money is on the jazz. Uh, 72% of the tickets are on the over 71% of the money is on the over. So we are tracking some money in that direction. Um, no sharp signals. There hasn't been a move, right? So like this move basically off the Donovan Mitchell news that he's going to straight. Now he, I, I haven't seen an update. Is he going to play? Let me check that real quick.
0: He said that he was, he said he was going to play in the presser. That he
2: he said said he gonna he's going to try gonna
0: play it, but boy, I,
1: he's got literally, he has double bruised quads both quads and he like seemed like he grabbed the hamstring was the initial injury. So, I mean, the, I mean, the, the, the dude MRI, was a warrior, but
2: the MRI revealed no damage to his hamstring. Yeah. It's a, it's a bruise, man. He may try and play, but do we remember this last year when he tried to play through when yeah. he was injured during that well, series? I,
1: I, uh, I, I'm not, I'm no strained cap expert over here, like Raheem, but this, this sounds like the sort of injury to me that doesn't have a, like, like he can try, And just it's gonna hurt, and he might not be effective. This doesn't feel like an injury where it's like we got to we got to hold you out to protect the future. Like this is just like ah, you're in pain, buddy, and you might strain it a little more. But if you don't, like our season is over. So the the Jazz were eight and seven this season without Donovan Mitchell, but uh, games against playoff teams they're only two and six out of that eight and seven. Yeah. So it did not go well for them. I try to look for a prop angle here. If Mitchell is out, there basically are no Utah
2: props up yet. It's Clarkson. Which I think,
1: that's, yeah. that's the angle
2: whenever it comes that It's Clarkson. That's
1: what I. That's what I figured. But he didn't really go up a lot. He went from like his usual 16 points a game to 18. But that it that seems like the way to go because I don't know who else it is
2: because Mike Conley is not it. I don't mean to, I. I can't believe I'm saying this. If Mitchell doesn't play, I kind of think you have to go with Mavericks team total under. Let me let me let me let me. Oh, I need the logic here. Let me parse. Yeah, it. I want to hear it. Uh, he's the weak point on that defense. He's the one they've targeted. He's the one that they've gone after. The, I, I. They, I, I'll, I'll look they, the they half- just put
0: they, they put Clarkson in, the, in the lineup, and he's still they're, gonna, they're still going go to go after him, right?
2: I bet they won't. I bet the Jazz go full defense. I bet they put in Clarkson, Bogdanovich. I bet they put in Conley, Bogdanovich, O'Neal, and House? try and go bigger. Like, I think that that's probably, like, they, Clarkson will play a lot because they'll need somebody to score, right? Yeah. Mm. But I'll also say this. Clarkson had legitimately, legitimately game four was the best defensive game I've ever seen from Jordan Clarkson. It was the best defensive game I've ever seen from Jordan Clarkson. Uh, among now, many, many options. Uh, and I, and I, I get the idea here, but I, I just kind of wonder if Donovan's absence might actually help Utah in some regards. I'm not gonna galaxy brain this and bet the other way, to be clear. Okay. I just if I'm looking for an angle, like that would be my only read on it because I don't necessarily like we just talked about Clarkson doesn't go up a whole lot. Conley's like Larry Holmes status, as as Rob would say. I mean, it's <laughs> I love Mike. I love Mike. One of my favorite interviews I've ever done. It's yeah. done. It's yeah. done. Uh he yeah. can't hang. I think. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think there's a prop angle. I think that maybe just like, maybe just stick with Dallas minus two.
1: Well, what about, let, if, let me ask this. Regardless of the Mitchell things, we don't know yet. When you watched game five, was your takeaway so that the Mavs rolled? They won by, I think, 25. The Jazz couldn't hit anything. Was your takeaway from that game, wow, the Mavs were great in this game? Or was your takeaway, wow, the Jazz were terrible?
2: My takeaway is that the momentum has shifted and there's no turning back. There's this was a, that that game six or game five was that was the chance for Utah to build off of fuck the talk from Rudy Gobert. Build on that and be like, this is the moment our season turned around. Donovan Mitchell lobbed it to Rudy for the game winner. That was the moment that our season turned around. And in typical jazz jazz fashion, they turn around the next game and just turtle and get absolute like. They turn into Jerry from Rick and Morty and just completely get annihilated. um there's no I don't think there's any coming back. I do not think they have them even at home. I don't think they have the mental fortitude to win this game i don't I,
0: I, I agree with that. I mean, like to me, look, the Mavericks have made a living on three point shooting. They were just twelve or forty three the other night, okay. so it's just like they didn't even get their best game. It was just Luca destroying them, so it's just like. I think we get a monster game. I think this could be a blowout, and this just there's it's a uh,
2: right now. There's a minus one twenty five money line at Caesars. The two, I think, is fine. I think the two is fine. Do I do I worry the Jazz are gonna like have one last run and get close and come up short with a home crowd? Yeah, I worry about it. Like think about it was a game five, but think about last night's Grizzlies Wolves game, right? Where the Wolves are ahead. The Wolves are ahead. The Wolves are ahead not to, to torture you, Brandon, but if Carl Anthony Towns doesn't dribble the ball off his leg, like the Wolves probably win that game. Like there's a number of scenarios where the Wolves win that game. Everything had to go wrong, but sometimes just like that's who you are. And like, yeah. that's definitely who the Jazz are. That's definitely who the Jazz are.
1: Yeah, I, look, Matt, you and I are both narrative guys. I saw the same thing you did. I saw the Donovan Mitchell perfectly timed lob to Rudy Gobert. They stole the game and here we go. Like I even said, before the playoffs when i made the the ill-fated plus 1400 ticket what if the jazz have that moment what if that moment is out there that can flip things yeah. and that was the sort of moment that, that that could be that where it's like hey here we go our two stars uh, <laughs> there are people listening right now who are screaming that's because momentum's not a thing and i think that that has to be the takeaway that mm-hmm. momentum if momentum didn't mean Utah flipped the series after game 4 then we have to be careful that momentum hasn't completely screwed Utah after game five either, because my, my impetus for the question is, yeah, I agree with kind of what you're saying to me, this was not that the Mavs were really great. This was just Utah just laid a complete turd in the punch bowl. Like they just, they didn't show the offense was really bad. The offense has been bad all series, but they just missed a million shots and they're not going to miss that many. They're under 40% EFG. They're not going to play that badly again. They can't play that badly again, but the Mavs only had 16 assists as a team. They weren't moving the ball. Great. They only shot 28% on threes. The bench was not good, which the bench hasn't looked great since Luca returned. They kind of threw off the mojo a little bit. Klaver has totally gone missing. So I, I guess to say this, I want to be careful that we don't overrate the Mavs off of that game five for one because Utah might just not be very good and they just might not be showing up. But for two, because uh, that to me was more, told us more about the jazz and like uh, I, I sent to Raheem that the shot quality on this one was that yeah. Utah should have outperformed what they did offensively by 38%. Their offense yeah. should have been 38% better, which is an absurd number. Yeah. I'm going to play this the way I did the last game we just talked about. I'm going to play the jazz team under. It's at 104.5. They've gone under that in four of the five games on the series. I've been playing unders. I did under, and I think I've played four of the five unders now. I did game one. I think I may have managed to actually win all four. I may have skipped out on the one where I, where we locked into that, the small ball spike, which is the only time that Utah actually scored in the series was when they took Gobert out and just drove at the rim, but that was Donovan Mitchell and they don't necessarily have that option now either. So I don't know if Dallas is going to show. That's the part that's unpredictable here, but I'll take the Utah team under.
2: So, um, a couple of things here. One, I think it's a good point about the momentum. That's a really good point, right? Mm-hmm. To say, okay, if we don't think that, like, ha, 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 momentum's not a thing because the Jazz had a good game. Well, then the momentum's not a negative thing either, just because they lost this one, too. I'll tell you, from talking to players, that game that Utah had is the easiest one to get over. It really is. That's the easiest one to get over because you're just like, we play like shit. Maybe if we don't play like shit, we have a chance. Like, when you play like that, when you play like garbage, NBA players tend to throw it out. They get over those easier than they get over close losses. And that's just, like, how it's been. Like, you lose a close one. That's why I was so impressed with Minnesota coming back after the collapse in Game 3 was, like, they came back for that. We'll see if they come back in Game 6 now. Um, we'll talk about that tomorrow. But
0: um, what, does that- say about, what does it say about Dallas that they came back after – you know, they pretty much lost a close game to Utah
2: because I think of that one. It really was like Lucas was first game back. It took a whole comedy of errors for them to lose. And that, that I will say when we negate all the narrative stuff out of this, it's the same thing that we returned to in the early in the series. My series bet on this, my biggest bet was don't bet game one, wait until they lose game one and then bet the Mavericks series price plus 500. Yeah. And we got mm-hmm. it. And yeah. they're better. They have the matchup advantage. They're going to win the series. I feel confident in that. I'll go ahead and take Dallas in this spot. I'm not gonna bet heavy because why should I double down that much? I hate doing that. It makes me uncomfortable. Um, I don't think the Jazz are dead here. I don't think the Jazz are dead here, but I do think if you're going to play it, it needs to be on Dallas, even at this price as a home. I agree.
1: I don't don't think the Jazz are dead and I'll give you a shout. I think your wait till game one and then load up on Dallas was the best angle you had coming into the playoffs because I Mm -hmm. I took a screenshot of the Dallas odds after game one, especially when Luca looked like he was just not going to play at all. Yep. And the odds were preposterous after that game. So you, you nailed that one.
2: Yeah, thank you. Um, I don't know. It was a close between that one and the Nets winning the series that they got swept in. Rog, I get your thoughts on this one.
0: I mean, give me the Mavericks. I'll lay the points. I think the series is
2: over. All right. Brandon has team total under on Jazz. I've got Mavs minus two. You mm-hmm. like the money line or the, or the spread on Dallas? I'm,
0: I'm going to take the spread. Uh, okay, I he, he likes minus
2: two on Dallas. So Ron and I are both on minus two Dallas. Brandon's on uh, under team total Jazz. Uh, Phoenix, New Orleans. Suns are one and a half point favorites in New Orleans at the Blender. It's one of my favorite names for an arena in the league. Uh, down from two, open two. It's already taken some money, and so it's moved down to one and a half. That's notable because there's very few bets in on this game, and it's already moved down a little bit. So the books are kind of a little bit shaky on this. Open two fifteen, down to two fourteen. Uh, tickets: seventy five percent of the tickets are on the 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 Suns. Seventy one percent of the money. So not a huge differential, but a little bit more money on the Pelicans in this spot. Uh, Money line, 61% of the tickets are on the Suns, 97% of the early money. Again, we got very few bets in on this one. Uh, 40% of the tickets are in on the over, 60% on the under for this contest. Uh, So, Rod, this is the one I'm most interested in because this has been like your series. This is the one that you like really kind of zeroed in on. Uh, Are you, did game five tell you anything or is it about what you expected in that spot?
0: I think it was about what I expected, but it it was tough because I mean, New Orleans, they shot so poorly, five or 25 from three. I, th- I just think the NBA has become like a make or miss lead to a certain extent. Um, so I do think Phoenix made some adjustments, which, you know, should have got them to win. They didn't get dominated on the offensive glass the way they did previously. But I still think New Orleans could win this game. I'll be honest with you. I mean, unless the one thing I didn't like from Willie Green is he kept playing Graham all those minutes over, over Alvarado and Graham didn't really offer anything. So as long as he doesn't do that, I think the Pelicans can win this game. Are you going to bet it? I think I am going to bet it.
2: Okay. For me, there's no value here. We have a one seed facing an eight seed with a chance to eliminate them. With Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, a team that went to the finals last season. We have a one seed with a chance to eliminate the eight seed with a superior roster. And on the underdog, I'm only getting plus 110. Wait, like, what does that tell you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It tells you, but it also, to me, it also, <laughs> here's what it tells me there's no value. Like, I'm not, yeah, I, yeah. I don't feel like this is the spot. If yeah, you tell me, this, yeah, I hire you. Like, if if, I, if you told me the Suns take care of business, it was just like going there and it's like, yeah, the Pel- the Pels played pretty well, but Chris Paul did God things down the stretch. Yeah. And, you know, they won by seven and the crowd gave them a standing ovation for this amazing season and Zion ate a ho ho. And like, th- th- that's like what happened. Like, that's the end of their season. I wouldn't be surprised and if you tell me like the Pelicans, they bucked up, they found a way the Suns couldn't hit shots. And now we're, we got a game seven in Phoenix. I'd be like, yeah, okay. That's Phoenix. about right. I, there's no value here. I think all the value on the series is gone. I think the value was good in the early series where you bet it. I mm-hmm. do not think that there is value on this series nor on this game. At this point, I don't want to bet the total. I don't want to bet the under. I'll probably play some props, which I'll probably tail from Brandon. I'm going to take Herb Jones stocks over. Because anytime I just get to, get to bet her stocks, I will do that. Um, nothing else is just like a fun as hell bet. But to me, Brandon, there's there's no value here. Yeah, we're,
1: uh, we're out, by the way, on Cam Johnson. He has stolen enough of my money in this series. <laughs> I went yeah. to the well one more time in game five because he has great home road splits. And the dude is just not part of what Phoenix is doing right now. So we're done on that one. I don't have a prop angle here. I... I'm somewhere in the middle of, of you guys on this one. I think the Pelicans should be a slight favorite at home here, which means that I think there's, there's a little bit of value on New Orleans here. I've Here's what we've seen so far in five games. We saw in New Orleans two extremely coin flip games, and we've seen in the two games Phoenix even won at home, they weren't exactly coin flips, but they weren't comfortable either. Phoenix has not had any comfortable win this series. In, all three, in the three games, they had a Chris Paul masterclass for a qu- half a quarter in game one, and they pulled away. They had a Chris Paul takeover in game three and pulled away at the end. And now they had Mikhail Bridges put on a shooting clinic and hit four four threes and score 31, which they're not going to get that again. Mikhail played all but one minute, by the way, which was awesome. So the Pelicans weren't very good in this game and still kind of hung in there all the way this series without booker i just i can't put these teams that far apart so i was eyeing last night the pelicans when i went to bed at like 2 the pelicans were plus 124 in the money line i was going to have to play that because that's there's value there it's down to i'm only seeing a plus 110 or lower now i'm not sure there's enough value on that here's the angle i'll play just a little bit i think there is value on the series and unlike raheem i'm going to actually bet it i'm going to play the pelicans to knock off the one seed sons and win the series. It's at plus 600 right now at points, bet. Guess plus that. 600 is an implied 14.3%. I think the Pelicans have maybe a 17 to 20% chance of winning the series. That means that we're likely to lose our bet. But if I think that they're the team that has a slightly better chance in game six, and there is a little bit of the thing we talked about the Philly where I don't know, going home with the one one seed season on the line, the Chris Paul legacy on the line, no book, not a lot of help. I, I could see things clamming up. Like, look, Phoenix has not had the prettiest history in these sort of moments either, if we're being honest. So we know how the fans might react a little bit, too. I want to see the Suns go forward. I want to see Book healthy and get some of these matchups. But I'll, I'll play a little bit on the 6-1 to one series for Pelicans.
2: My only thing here is... I don't disagree that, that, that like there's value in the Pelicans. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. And I'm not on the series price. I'm not with Brandon. That's I'm not willing to go that sure. far. Um, You got the Suns have to win the Suns. The Suns have to win one of two. I get all the reasons we're talking about. I do not like I don't agree, but I'm not like you're crazy. I'm just like, I don't I can't get there. Um, The spread to me, like on the money line, I just at plus 110. Like I need a plus. I, we're, we're just talking about such a window here for yeah. like you know at minus one and a half right our estimated favorite money line on action network you, you, via the tool is minus one twenty three like they're killing you with this number like the books are being like yeah you're gonna have to you're gonna have to lay the one and a half on Phoenix but we're also gonna make the money line on on the Suns one twenty three like
0: you know, I mean the, the interesting thing about this uh, when I look at my numbers I mean, my, my post All Star break numbers have this game, Pelicans, Pelicans minus 8.3. So it's like they should be close to like a one point favorite.
2: Yeah, but that's that's Suns resting. You know, that's just Suns resting. No, way.
0: but I mean, it's, it's weighted. It's weighted towards more recent data.
2: OK, <laughs> OK. I can't get there, but I, I wish you both both luck. It's like, not if not if I did, it, look, it's if not that Suns or I just feel like this is such a um, excitement spot of like the seed is going to knock off the one and I, I with like Booker's out and all these types of things so,
0: you, so you know what you, you know what you're saying you're saying that this is the Oklahoma City
2: Thunder versus
0: the Los Angeles Lakers in 2010
2: yeah a little bit
0: and I like actually I, I was it's so I, that popped into my head cuz I was in Vegas for this game um the Lakers were laying one to the Thunder yeah um and they ended up winning like last Another one,
1: another one where Meta like caught an earball and hit a layup underneath the hoop to walk off the series.
0: Yeah, yep. that's the one. I was in I Vegas killed, for that. Man. I was in I was in Vegas for that because that, that was the weekend of Mayweather moldy I don't know why that just popped into my head, but that's that's the vibe I'm getting from this game. It's gonna be a close game.
1: That, that's the thing. I, mean, I agree. Like all series long, I've been like, it, but it's the Suns. The Suns are a winning franchise. They're a winning culture. They figured out how to get these close games. I agree with all of that. Just, I think that we're going to get close games the rest of the way. We've seen that in all five games. I think we're going to see it in whatever we get left. And if we're going to get two close games, then I think the Pelicans can have a shot. That's, yeah, yeah, no,
2: I don't mind the series bet based off of the value. There's value there. I don't like, I just, I'm not, I'm not in a spot where I'm like, this is where I I want to put my money.
0: Yeah. I think there's value.
2: (laughs) Um, Oh, I do have a prop for you. I have a really easy one that I found. Uh, (laughs) McCollum over rebounds. So, He's had four, eight, eight, eight in this series. Um, he's had, he's only gone under one time in this series. I don't know how he's getting these rebounds. He had eight last night again. So, um, or it's four, eight, sorry, it's eight, eight, four, seven, eight. So he's gone over in almost every single one. The line That's was a line. four and a half last night. I don't expect it to move. They're not going to take enough action on it for it to actually move. No. So McCollum over rebounds actually, I think is like a, a, a nice play. CJ's like, dis- He shot terribly last night, but CJ is basically running point next to Ingram. So he's doing like all of the stuff. Um, if they're going to win this game, if you think they're going to win this game and you want, you want a same game parlay, you should definitely be playing CJ McCollum PRA over. Cause they're not winning this game without CJ McCollum having a good game. I'll tell you that. Brian, th- I don't think they can win behind just Ingram.
1: That's me. Yeah, I agree with that. But yeah, I agree that CJ has to show up. Or Ingram has to show up. And Raheem, you've been saying these last few games, those are the two guys, those are the two best shot makers on the court. And for me, that's why I have to, to that's why I, ha- I can't count the Pelicans out at this point. Because when we have close games, like I know all the clutch numbers and Chris Paul in the clutch has been great. But when you have a close game and you've got CJ and Ingram, who, who like, are, frankly are not my favorites, but they just hit these difficult shots that you can't do much about.
0: The shot makers, baby, in the playoffs. Yeah. So, I mean, they're they're at home. Look, you saw even in game five, they got to the free throw line more than the Suns. At home, you kind of got to expect that whistle to, to be even greater. So, look, if they're going to get to the free throw line even more, they're going to get those second chance baskets. Well, I mean, they're not really converting them as much, but they're getting those offensive rebounds. You got the best two shot makers in the series. I think they should be favored.
2: I'm diving in on the on game five uh today and if i've got any sort of like updated play i'll, I'll put it in on the app
1: my, my other idea on this is the suns and seven is at plus 180 so if you like the pelicans here but don't really know what you think in game seven you could play that you can play both sides you could play the plus 180 suns and seven and play the pelican series line you got to kind of weight them accordingly but you could play that to give yourself if you it, as a way to play a pelicans win in game six you could play both sides and kind of get a pelicans free roll in the game seven if you set it up right
2: not bad not bad let's go wrap it up for buckets thanks for joining us everybody make sure to download there we go download the action network app follow brandon raheem four picks daily in there as well as all of our content breakdown we'll have all that for you we'll be back tomorrow with another episode previewing friday slate we'll see you again thanks for joining us let's get buckets